You are listening to Your Family Matters, all things marriage, divorce, and co-parenting with your host, Naomi Douglas, marriage coach and divorce coach. This episode is called A Coaching Session with Janice. Hi there, thanks for joining in. In my free class, Co-Parenting Sanity, which you can access on my website, naomidouglas.com.au forward slash free class, I talk about the process of sorting the laundry. And I talk about how you need to be able to recognize that there's a difference between what you need to focus on as a co-parent to what you need to focus on just as a person going through separation and divorce and having a lot of um, complex feelings and experiences that are all connected to the person that you used to be married to or or together with. And in this episode of this podcast, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be illustrating just how to do that in your real life with one of my clients named Janice. So I listen in and I hope you find it helpful. Okay, so why don't you just tell me a bit about what's been happening and what you mm-hmm. feel you're needing help with? Um feel like our communication at the moment is really not working well. Okay. Um, and I feel it's a lot. It's kicked into an old gear, an old patterning where like going to a, quite a bullying mode with me and, and just telling me how things are going to be and this is what's going to happen. And it just feels really difficult. Like I, I feel like I in turn have at times, not always, but just feel quite frozen up. I'm aware of this part of me that so I'm sort of aware of my own trauma quite a lot in the face of that. So he's now got a full-time job and has is starting that soon and has put on to me that he won't be driving down to where I'm living to get the boys um, every second weekend and that I will or how he sees it happening is that I'll be driving the boys halfway to him four hours on a weekend to, to take the boys to him for one night every second week because of his job. And I feel pushed around, but I also just feel like, no, I'm not doing that. And um, and I'm not, sh- you know, I suppose I've just become a bit unsure how to deal with it really and how to approach him about it. Because my initial response is fury and just like, there's no way I'm doing that for you. Like, you take responsibility for your own kids and when you want to have them and you won't see, you know, I'm not bringing the kids up to you. So that's where it's at uh, at the moment. And I haven't really responded directly to, to his demand of what he expects. It's just this interesting thing where he's asking more, more of me again, but he still continues to give me no support 
or very little support, you mean pretty much nothing on all levels. And now he wants me to do another role in the children's life, which is to bring the kids up to him. So I think that's, I suppose that's one thing that I want to directly work with and work out how do I approach that. Okay, so uh, what I want to do is I want to start with the, you describe his behaviour to you as bullying. So Mm -hmm. I'd like to get more clear on, you know, what that looks like and and how you identify it as bullying. He gives me no um, choice. You know, he says, this is what's going to happen. He sort of demands of me or tells me as though I'm stupid somehow. There's this sort of, well, I maybe that's my own, no, it's not my own interpretation, but that's what I feel like. It's like he gets to some feeling in himself. He just goes, I've had enough of this, and now I'm just going to tell you how it happens. And... He, I feel very disregarded as a person and in the role I'm playing. And it's, his, it's the mood that he comes at me with. It's the mood. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like he's a bully. He's acting like a bully. Like it's not, there's no space for negotiation, communication. It's just he lands it on me. And then I feel like he expects a reaction from me, which I haven't given him yet for a response. Not a full response, I've responded but not reacted to his, like, no way am I not doing that or or submitting to, to say, okay, I suppose I have to do that now because... What we need to do is we need to look at this in a, on a two-fold level when, uh-huh. it, when it comes to the bullying. And the two-fold level is this. One is that you are recovering from a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And you're in a process of healing your own issues and your own self in re- in regard to that relationship, right? Yeah. And that's a mm-hmm. process for you. Yeah. Then on another level, you are working actively to be a co-parent and to find a way yeah. to do that that's, mm-hmm. you know, non-conflictual and productive. And as yeah. healthy as it can be, given the circumstances that you have. Now, those mm-hmm. are two, you know, very distinct and separate um, jobs, really, yeah. challenges, yeah. and they need to be mm-hmm. separate. Yeah. Uh, so we'll look at the bullying first in terms of your own, you know, personal issues around that. And then we'll look yeah. at the co-parenting relationship and what to do with it. Okay? Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. So when you feel like you're being told what to do mm. and you feel like he's bullying you, mm. you know, what What are the emotions that come up for you around that? I think the initial feeling is being out of control, which I know I've spoken to about before. Mm-hmm. It's like he takes control, like full control, and I feel like that's my initial response. I know that I sort of, sort of um, find my way out of that after a while and see a different perspective. But the initial, when I get an email like that from him, I yeah, and I feel weakened. I feel, I suppose, I feel disrespected and sort of. The curse, like I feel like my personhood is just like disregarded by him, and that makes me feel really, um, what's well, on the downside, it makes me feel very weak and very, like, still very, like, 
bound into him in some way and in the uh-huh. face of his control or his uh, you know what you interpret as control is mm. that you feel weak yeah okay mm-hmm. so pay attention to that feeling of feeling weak you know what does that mm. feel like for you how do you experience feeling weak um I feel like I want to give up, like I can't get up again. Mm-hmm. It's debilitated, actually, right. by that feeling of weakness. And so when, mm-hmm. when you think about having to deal with this, what, what is the meaning that you make around that? What do you feel around the idea, I'm going to have to deal with this? I mean, I feel like I need to get angry. I feel angry, like I feel like I need to engage, like, you know, I feel curious about this and um you know i want to say no to him no you can't do that you mm-hmm. can't just tell me what's happening you know like that's what i mm-hmm. and yet and that i i feel like i'm trying to learn a new way to relate to him mm-hmm. i think if there's a confusion there which then i find hard to, to process it like i find hard which way do i move like um how do i how do i move through this like how do i express my response and my boundary and otherwise I feel like I internalize it. It internalizes and I feel weak and feel debilitated and and, and then it's the balancing act with the children, like how do I what's right for them? Like that might not suit me, but what's right for them and I feel like all these different things come into play and I feel debilitated. Okay. All right. So part of it has to do with you know, issues and questions of how do I co-parent and what's right? What do I need to do? Mm. And we'll get to that. Okay. Okay. You know, we're both, we're moving on in our own lives. Mm-hmm. And, but he still persists in sort of treating me in a way, in this way, really gets to me. And not always, but it has recently again, like just like, will this ever end? You know, it feels like, <laughs> um, yeah. Right, okay. So let's look at that. You have this feeling of being mistreated, disregarded, right, minimalized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the feeling that's upsetting to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, the, he, and, and I feel like the he's created a story about me and how I am. And <laughs> so now it's yes. time to look at that story and understand how are you participating in that story? Mm. How are you perpetuating this story? Now, he's, mm. he's granted he's reminding you of that story by holding that mm. story and maybe telling that story to you. But what we're interested in now is what you're telling yourself about that story. So in that place where you feel weak, what meaning do you have about this story, the story that you are less than or not capable or diminished in some way? What, what is that story inside of you and how does that look? 
And the way to know the answer to that is to look at that where that feeling is of feeling exhausted or angry by this. And inside of that feeling, where it's living in your body, is a feeling that you have about yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the question is, what are the words? What's the language within that feeling? If you ask Mm -hmm. yourself, how... What am, what meaning do I have about myself in this? What are, what are the words that would say, I am what? In that feeling. I am wrong. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have this feeling of being wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I am wrong, or I am not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you listen inside for that voice that says, I'm wrong, or says, I'm not enough, you know, how how old does that voice feel to you? Being a little girl. Yeah. So there's a little girl inside of you that has that meaning that's interpreted her experience as meaning I'm wrong or I'm not enough. And you are feeling trapped in that. Your impulse is to be able to experience life beyond that meaning. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that when yeah. when you're reminded of that now, it's an opportunity to have a deeper connection with the source of that wound, which is at a very young age, you developed meaning about your experiences. And that meaning, that interpretation was, I'm wrong, or I'm not enough. Mm. Yeah. Right? And now, as an adult, you, you have the opportunity to bring your awareness, your love, and your attention and your compassion to that experience that started way, way back when you were little, mm. where you interpreted your experiences as having that meaning. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's actually a greater truth than that about who you are. Mm-hmm. So, despite the fact that you had certain experiences that at a very young age you were only able to interpret as meaning I'm wrong or I'm not enough, mm-hmm. there's, a, mm-hmm. there's a deeper level of truth about who you really are. Mm-hmm. And that has to do with that you have intelligence, that you have value, that you have mm-hmm. immense capacity. Beyond those beliefs, there's much greater capacity within you. And it's only by being willing 
to be in direct relationship to those feelings that you have around not being enough and those feelings that you have about being wrong, that you can transform those beliefs into something that's more true and more useful to you. So to summarize this, Okay, so when mm-hmm. your when your ex husband tells you what to do, he communicates with you in such a way that you feel he's telling you a story about yourself that mm-hmm. you're less than, that you're mm-hmm. not worthy, that and that you're mm-hmm. wrong, mm-hmm. and. That story supports perhaps his desire for you to do what he wants you to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, like his emails, like every, nearly, I've just come for every email, but they so often start with some sentence of undermining me. Like it's just like becoming so obvious that it's, it's like what I've done wrong or some oh. state, statement that undermines me before he gets to the practical issue at mm-hmm. hand. Okay. It starts off by this kind of attack. And it's like, whew, it, you know, and my, sometimes it doesn't impact me so much and other times it just, oh, it's like, and then from that place I receive whatever information beyond that, you know, and it's, it's just, it's bloody hard to manage. Right. Because okay. she wasn't tired or, you know, run, feeling run down myself. And, uh, yeah. Okay. So I want to underscore something here. About, mm-hmm. You said sometimes it doesn't affect you and sometimes it does. And I hear an implication in that of you, you know, thinking that perhaps you shouldn't be affected. And it's better if you're not affected. And I would like you to free yourself from that idea because the being affected is simply an opportunity to continue to learn and to grow and to heal around this issue. Okay. Okay. What it, what it's, it's not about that you, it's better not to, um, or be affected what it has to do with is knowing when it's time to sort the laundry, so to speak. When, when, when it's uh-huh. time to know the difference between what is co-parenting business and what is yeah. my transformational business. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is no... There's no, nothing, there's, there are no wrongs around your transformation around your experience of development in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. So if something affects you, you have a right to that experience. What, what's important for you and the well-being of yourself and your children is that you know that it's of value when you put it into your transformation basket and work on it there. 
but it can actually confuse things if you put it in your co-parenting basket and react from there. Yeah. Okay. Okay? Mm. But in terms of what you should or shouldn't have a reaction to, that there are no shoulds and shouldn'ts to that. That's just your developmental um, pathway. And you might yeah. have a reaction to something 10 years from now, and there's nothing wrong in and of itself mm-hmm. to that. That's just part mm-hmm. of your development, right? Mm-hmm. But if you don't work with those things, they probably won't change in ways that allow you to continue to grow and evolve as a person. And so that would limit your capacity, you know, to access the fullness of who you are, which in turn limits your capacity to have results that you want in your life. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice to get that. Right. Here, that, here, okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I need to look at this part of me that is incredibly capable and sort of just rises up to things and <laughs> not where to get to it, but there's something there. It's like, and other people will say to me, like, you feel like you're coping so well. And, you know, it's, it's not just now, it's been my whole life that there's a really capable part of me, which I think is a positive thing, but I think there's something in that, in what you're saying too, that just touches me. Like, So just, you'll just keep on exploring that and understanding that as time goes on. So what I want to do is I want to just touch base now with what you said about how his first lines of his emails tend to be, you know, emotionally driven and you're tired of that. And, you know, first of all, I want to say that that may well be something that, you know, he continues to do. So you're, you're not unfortunately able to you know to control that and in the the relationship as it is um and you know you're you you and your ex-husband are not involved in a process where there's any professional action guiding the two of you as to you know you know with both of you present it's just you know you're working with me as an individual so there's there's no guidance there for him to maybe reflect and adjust what he's doing and there really is no um structure in place in which you could successfully make that request of him and when i say successfully it would probably be taken by him in the wrong way and you know it would it would be probably counterproductive rather than productive to point Uh that out to him or to ask him to alter his behavior so i'm not expecting necessarily for that behavior to change though over time it may simply improve because either he adjusts to circumstances better or you know he's happier with things the you know, the circumstances in his life and he has less yeah. of a need to um, mm-hmm. to engage with you in that way. But So what, yeah. I'm, what I'm saying, you know, to sum it up is that you can expect him to probably continue to do that. So the question is how can you, one, cope with that, two, mm-hmm. 
use it productively to to to, yeah. to embrace the transformation that's possible for you. And then okay. three, to learn how to separate that out from your co-parenting relationship. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And again, this is where you need to keep remembering that your growth and your healing as an individual, as a person who's recovering from a marriage that may have in some ways been hurtful to you, is very mm. different than you know, the process of finding some stable, you know, low-conflict ways of managing your co-parenting relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So let's look. Do you have any examples of any of these first lines in an email? I could just have a look. At this point... Janice explained to me that she had written an email to her ex-husband that spoke about practical matters and then said, my vision is to create a positive co-parenting relationship. And the response that she got started off, I am tired of your platitudes. Okay, so when you read that, I'm tired of your platitudes. What is your reaction to that? Ah, uh, I feel hurt. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel that like it's a sabotage on a good meaning intention that I put out right. to him, yeah, and on my efforts, and you know, to try and keep bringing the focus back to the children and to our new relationship as co-parents and. I feel like he just, you know, it's just like, oh, whatever, and, and, you know, I feel undermined in my, in my efforts to, you know, in, in my, yeah, my willingness to keep approaching him and, and, you know, turning up with a positive attitude to my co-parenting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. But yeah, definitely feel, I feel hurt and... Yeah. So, and, you know, what's like, oh, <laughs> just like I want to give up in the moment, you know, like, oh, really? Right, okay. So, uh, mm. yeah, obviously he's not being encouraging towards you in that no. statement. But So the thing is, to first look at the, ba- the transformation basket and say, okay, yeah. so I'm being... Um, maybe devalued again here, you know, my input isn't being received or acknowledged for what, you know, the intentions that I have and the effort that I'm making here, right? That's the kind of thing. It's the same pattern that we've been discussing throughout this call, right? So so you know that that's the pattern. You know that you have an issue around that, right? And you know that his behavior perfectly you know, aggravates that. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? So for you, in terms of your own transformation and your work in healing and growing, you need to be, you know, 
actively engaged in a process where one you recognize that there's there's deep-seated issues there like that go all the way back to your childhood around meanings mm-hmm. of your own sense of worth right mm-hmm. and you have mm-hmm. emotions that are connected to that then mm-hmm. there's you know that there's a history here of a marriage in which those things were I guess played out in a way that re-wounded you, right? Mm-hmm. Where the wound mm-hmm. was repeated. And so you have yeah. healing to do around the experience of that, around the experience of being mm-hmm. kind of continually re-wounded in your vulnerable place, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like he knew where that vulnerable place was and he was able to hurt you there. Yeah. Right? So there's healing for you to do around that. And so this, and what that means is that you, you need to be able to be present with your fragility, your vulnerability, yeah. your emotions, and your pain around that specific issue. Mm. Right? Around being devalued. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that's work that you just, you need to know that you're actively involved in which means that you're continually involved in that that's something for you to keep working on not to yeah. not lose sight of yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah okay then if you approach that line from a co-parenting standpoint away from you know the pain of that okay so it's like you take the little girl who's hurt in that way you sit her on your lap you give her a hug you honor her and love her and understand her but then you're able to then objectively look from a co-parenting point of view of that statement and it's kind of along the lines of okay well what is the capacity of the person I'm co-parenting with. Well, they don't have the capacity right now to hear a statement from me like, I would like us to have a more positive co-parenting relationship without having a reaction to it. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean to say that it doesn't in some way sink in I'm not going to say never say those things because he can't hear them, though that may be true, and that's a good decision you can make. Well, I'm not going to say things like that to him because they don't seem to be productive. But the the main point is that you cannot say things like that to him without him having a reaction. That's okay because I'm still focused on how do we minimize conflict but still find a structure in which we function as co-parents, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, well, that's, that is my question because I feel like what's happening at the moment mm-hmm. is, is, is conflict. I feel conflict, you know, on the periphery. Right. This has to do with looking at a problem which is, we don't live that close to each other. How do we get the boys back and forth? Yeah. And then you look at 
the situation from both people's points of view. His perspective, he feels resentful that he's doing all the driving. He feels particularly limited in his time now that he has a full-time job. You feel limited in your time because you're with the children so much, right? He definitely has a view to want us to move towards him. Yeah. You know, I feel happy, you know, continuing the life that we have and building on that and and what we're doing. It feels right Mm -hmm. and consistent and Mm -hmm. for the kids. And, um, yeah, I do definitely feel affected by that pressure of him feeling like, well... Because what's also happened is he starts to word things differently. He's done this a few times now. Uh-huh. He's, he, in his last email, he wrote, you know, and you still persist. Or you still, what's the word, um, make the choice to continue to live where I am, you know, as though I'm the one who has to move. Mm-hmm. Like he turns it around as though, it's like that's the first time he said it like that. It was like, what? You know, like you're the one who left where our family was settled to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And he turns it around to start mm-hmm. putting pressure on me as though mm-hmm. then it's my fault that we're apart sort of thing. That's right. how I feel. Like it's this yeah. manip- slow manipulation of the story mm-hmm. that soon it becomes this thing like I'm the issue because I, I'm persisting in living in this place and it's away from him and it's keeping the kids away. And, mm-hmm. you know, he it's a, it's makes me feel sick, honestly, yeah. the way he does this to me. Whereas it's really more up to you to acknowledge yourself so that your voice continues to narrate this mm-hmm. this experience that you have, right? That's mm-hmm. not um, been altered and edited by him. I feel like I do enough. Mm-hmm. I feel like for me to then drive four hours every second weekend and pay for petrol and meet like meet him halfway mm-hmm. just feels like it kicks me over the edge and I'm already doing everything else mm-hmm. and I just I just hit a limit to me like no no I won't do that you take responsibility for the time you spend with the kids if you really want to spend time with them which I believe you do mm-hmm. take some action work it out employ a friend forget a driver like do something else because I'm not going to be a driver that's how I feel like no okay so good you know that you don't want to do the driving so now the question yes. is, how do you communicate that? Um, so he's wanting me to support his relationship with the kids because he can't do the drive, but he wants me to play a part in that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I don't know, man. It's just so out of balance, honestly. I just, it's just like when I just go to it, I just feel like, how can you ask this of me? How can you expect more of me now? And now you can't even get the key, but I don't know. <laughs> okay, so I'm, what I'm hearing is first, when we spoke about it a, few, a couple of minutes ago, you were clear that you didn't mm. want to do the driving. But then mm. when I asked you, I said, well, it's a matter of communicating that, you took a very deep breath. And then you started mm-hmm. to try to analyze, well, how, why does he see, why does he think I should do the driving? So, yeah. so you need to look at that and see, okay, is, 
are we in a situation here where you haven't spent enough time thinking through his point of view and we need to spend more time doing that? Or are you having an emotional reaction to the thought of communicating to him an opinion of yours that's different than his opinion? Yes, there's definitely something there for me, for sure. Right. So, because what I'm hearing is that this is a person that you have found difficult Mm. in your relationship with him throughout your Mm. marriage to stand in a different opinion than his. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you do, you tend to feel, you know, diminished, Mm -hmm. made wrong, made to feel less Mm. than. Yeah. And so that brings up those emotions of that wound inside of you. You become mm. unsure of yourself. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I think, yeah, I feel like that's, but I do feel like that's what I need to move towards, is just saying, no, that doesn't, it doesn't suit me to do that. I do feel like that's the avenue I need to go down. Mm-hmm. Right. So the first thing is to know what your emotions are around that, right? So you're not trampling over the flowers. Mm-hmm. You have delicate feelings here. The next thing is to evaluate. Have I done enough, you know, in terms of considering, you know, my perspective and his to have made a decision about where I stand at this point in time? So then it comes down to... You're managing your own emotions around needing to say that and Mm -hmm. also finding the right way to communicate that. Yeah. Yeah, well, and there's another path to it for me too because, I mean, maybe this is looking into the future, but, you know, if I'm to say no to him, Mm -hmm. no, I won't. I don't think it's the right thing or the the right balance for me to now to take on the drive as well or half the drive. and so he may say, well, I'm not having the boys then. Mm-hmm. And I'll just sit them in the holidays or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, one, that affects me because it means I don't get those breaks from parenting. But also it brings up a lot of feelings to me about the boys and that they'll be how, not necessarily how they'll feel now because they may well just go, oh, okay. I mean, they'll probably go, oh, why isn't that happening? That's disappointing. Have their own feelings in the moment. But... As a long-term thing, I feel the burden of that. Like if he actually says, well, that's what I'm doing and I won't see them then, I feel really sad and like, you know, how do I manage that? Like what, what's the right thing there? And yet, and yet I feel like he's putting pressure on this part of me as well, which is that he, he knows how much I come through when it's to the boys, like what's best for the boys, like they need to be with their dad. You know, I feel like he's putting pressure on that part of me as well, hoping that that's where he can get leverage with me, knowing that I want to know that it's good for the boys to be with him or... I don't know. Right, okay. (sighs) Deep breath. Mm. Okay, so 
First of all, what you're basically doing when you're having these email exchanges is it's, it's basically like a form of mediation where there's a proposal on the table and then both parties hear each other out and try to find a resolution, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in a negotiation... It's a process of each person being able to express their viewpoints and concerns and those sorts of things for the other person to hear that and to process mm-hmm. that information. So you, it's like you, you haven't even reached the point where you put your viewpoint forward and yet you're down the track already saying, well, this might result in him not seeing the boys. Okay. Right? So you're skipping the steps. Yeah. So let's okay. say, you know, let, let's say it, it, if it gets to that point, then, then that's when you look at that situation and say, well, what is the right thing here? You know, for the boys, what's ethically correct in this situation? Where do I stand with it now that it's reached that point? But but that's not where you are right now. No. So, my, so where I am right now is, no, it doesn't suit me. It doesn't feel fair that I should now have to drive the boys up to you. You're going to have to find another avenue to do that. Right. But now the question is, how do you communicate that? Okay, and that's where the co-parenting work comes in because it's not helpful to your co-parenting relationship to come across like that, which is kind of like, well, tough luck, you know, do something else. You know, it, it's, it's, not, it's not a very supportive language to use, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Even though that's how he's speaking to me. Right, even though that's how he's speaking. But you know that's not helpful to you when he speaks that way to you, right? Yeah. So it's certainly not going to be helpful to him if you speak that way to him. Mm. And why does that matter? It matters because you're co-parents, because all of this is about your children and affects them, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So you have to look at, well, what, what can I do here that is, it, it's not, it's never going to be a happy situation when he doesn't get his way. You know, for yeah. people like to get their way, and he particularly is a person who doesn't do well in circumstances mm-hmm. where he's not getting his way. Is, is that true? Yeah. Okay. So you know that. Mm-hmm. However, it's still is important how you go about communicating that. Even if it's yeah. even if in a sense it's futile, even if he doesn't have the capacity to hear yeah. anything positive mm-hmm. in a situation where he's not getting his way. It still makes a difference to find a way to communicate that is respectful and validating yeah. to him, even if yeah. he's being disrespectful and invalidating you. Yeah. So the way that looks is something along the lines of I've given this a lot of thought. 
And I'm really concerned about the situation. I, I understand how difficult it is for you in terms of your time schedule now with the commitment that you've made to the job. And I understand why you're asking this of me. However, you know, I've, re I've reflected a lot on this and um, from my point of view, I'm already as stretched as I can be looking after the children full time and all the other responsibilities that I have in my life. And I don't feel able to extend that extra time and energy to that kind of big commitment to, you know, helping with the transportation. As much as I would like to, in terms of being able to support you and the boys in your capacity to see each other, I'm asking you to find another solution that doesn't involve me doing the driving. And you could say something like, I, I know that's disappointing. It's not the response you wanted. And I realize that it's difficult for all of us now that you have moved away. <laughs> so how do you feel hearing that? I feel good. I feel like, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like this looseness coming to me, like, oh, great, they're the right words, you know, like that's how to go about it. And, yeah, it's, yeah, it's helpful. You have been listening to the podcast, A Coaching Session with Janice. Underneath the podcast, you can find a downloadable worksheet for you to use for your own situation. And if you would like to be part of a podcast, you can contact me. And also, if you would like to do some private coaching work, you can reach me as well. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, come and visit me at naomidouglas.com.au or write naomi at naomidouglas.com.au.